Hello and welcome back to How Did You Do It? In this episode, I interview Elise, who created the Mindset Adventure and is also the co-founder of Reclamation Retreats. In this episode, we learn about Elise's journey as to how she turned her life around, created her dream world step by step, and now shares that wisdom with others and into the world. She leads from her heart, and this episode has a very special place in my heart because I don't think I would be sitting where I am today without the beautiful presence of Elise and how she has impacted my life. So I really hope that you enjoy, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. I'm going to tell the world how we met because okay. just when, and I think I've already spoken about it on a solo episode, but you're here in front of me mm-hmm. and I just can't not talk about it because it's just the best story ever. I know, right? It's wild. It's like proof that the universe does its work. I know. When you're in alignment <sighs> and doing the good shit, right? So I was out one night, wasn't going to go. Yeah. Um, I was feeling super shitty and I walked into a bar and my friends were there. And behind the counter was this guy that was awful to me one time. He was a bartending that night. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, gross. Get me out of here. <laughs> I was going to go home then and there. I was so anxious. And then I said to my friends, I was like, guys, like, let's move on. Moved on to Holy Grail. Yeah. Where we met. Where we met. <laughs> and I was back there. Actually, we should. A reunion. Yeah. And my friend and I were like by the fire and... I, I was on like a high because this guy that I really liked had messaged me like, let's go out. And I was just like, to my friend, like, yeah, we were just like dancing. And I was like, I have a date coming up with this guy that I really like. And then you and Rach were there. I don't even know who went up to, you were wearing your leopard coat, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that night I was not meant to go. Like I wasn't planning to go out because I'd stopped drinking at that time. It was a Sunday night. I think I had work the next day or something that I needed to do. I can't remember, but I remember thinking, no, no, I'll go to Holy Grail because I like that place. And Rach and I had been out to dinner, I think, for we do roast night on the Sunday. And I was like, yeah, let's go for like a drink. So I went and got a mocktail. And then we met you and Uh, Eric. I know. And then I don't know why, but I was just like vibed so hard with you that I was like, okay. And you guys are like, we're going to Emerson. And I was like, oh, man. And I thought in my head, I've got to go somewhere tomorrow. And then I was like, no, let's go. And we just went. But I wasn't even going to go out that night. And I definitely don't know how we ended up in Holy Grail at that time after we haven't done that after any other roast night. So that's just it's so just meant good. to be. Mm-hmm. And then I found out about the mindset adventure and you were like, Come on Friday. And I literally had a date with that guy on the Thursday night. And rocked up on the Friday. And I just remember walking and being like, I was a bit nervous. I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know like who's gonna be there. And you just like the door opened and I was like in your arms in one second and I was like, this is so special. And then you introduced me to the group and you were like, my theme was to have more fun. Yes. Oh. <laughs> that actually was my intention that week, which is why I went out. <laughs> oh. Imagine if your intention had been like to be wholesome and not oh go out. My, I wouldn't know you. We wouldn't be here. Oh, my. That's devastating, actually. I know. Oh, no. Okay, well, we're here. Mm. So that's okay. I don't need to get too sad. <laughs> Before we start crying. <laughs> <laughs> because I can imagine us both, like, 
moment as though like I was about to have not met you. I love I love how much you feel. That's something I really love about you. Is like how much you feel like I feel. And I literally got to the point then that I was imagining never meeting you and I got so, 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 so upset that I had to bring myself back and be like, wait, why are you getting upset if you're right here? I was so, so sad in that moment. The moment that we cried on the podcast because we thought that we didn't meet. <laughs> we did. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, shit. Okay, my mascara's running. Okay, breathe. That was good. Hmm. All right, well, we're off to a great start there. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad we met. I'm so happy that and I'm we glad met. that that is so cool, Gabby, how you just brought me back to that week I set an intention to have more fun because I realized I was going just too much towards business, 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 and that I needed to balance. And I was, I did that. And that's probably why I said yes after the roast, let's go to Holy Grail. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Like, Yes. I love it. Proof that intention setting works. It works so well. And you've taught me that. I Mm. never set intentions before I met you. Really? Ever. And now I'm doing it like every day. (laughs) Every morning. You, to me, you're like the proof that what you believe happens. Like Mm. you show me that self-trust, self-belief Trusting in the process equals magic. Wow. Like that's literally you to me. Mm. And it's so powerful. Wow. That <laughs> sentence. I need to listen to that back. That was big, Gabby. Mm. Wow. Well, if that's how what I do for you, then my mission is complete. <laughs> You're like, Honestly, I'm out. Well, that's what I, I set out to to spread exactly the sentence you just said. And I truly believe that intention setting, if you lead with intention and you lead your life with intention and you lead the way and and to do that, you have to connect back to yourself first before you can even know what my intention is. Like how do you set intentions if you don't know what you who you are or what you want? So I think that's where that connection piece, the beginning here of really – digging deep, which you've done a lot of work on, it's obvious um, and it's beautiful that you've connected back to your heart and you continue to do so and you continue to build your inner trust and your inner belief system and then you know your values, you know what you want and then you can set intentions accordingly and this is why these magical things are happening this week even, mm. your manifestation the other day, like wild, That's it's, it's all linked, right? Before mm. I think I set goals and things in my life but never – never with intention. It was always goals that like my parents would be proud of or my friends were doing or, or my corporate job required of me or, you know, like I always say to people, I always used to have like lose five kilos, pay off my debt and get a promotion. That's like how I lived my life. And like, I was just chasing happiness. And like, I feel like ever since I started to connect back to my heart, I was like, that those goals are just so empty, I guess, because I'd lose five kilos and put it back on, pay off my debt, spend some more, get a promotion, want another one. I just had no like parameters that were like keeping me anywhere. So yes. I was just like, that sentence just you know, there is like that's literally 
it because it's like I would do the same thing. I would buy clothes to feel good, wear the clothes, be like, that costs money, but now I want to feel good again, so I'm going to spend more to fill mm-hmm. that feeling again. I would want the promotion so I could tell people that I got a promotion. It wasn't actually because I genuinely was like, this is my heart's desire. Totally. And then the weight thing, oh, it's mm. like journey of a lifetime. Yeah, right? Lose five kilos, put it back on, lose it again. But what does even lose five kilos mean? Do you know what I mean? Now I'm yeah. starting to like get back in the gym and reframe that of like, I want to feel strong. Yeah. I want this body to carry my soul through mm. this this human experience that I'm in. And to mm. do that, I need my body to be healthy and mm. strong. So that, but it was always about what you just said, looking good mm. or or like impressing people or yeah. I don't know, just no self, self-love, self I mm. think. Right. So. And I just had that thought of like, Impressing other people was more important to me than impressing myself. Mm-hmm. Mm, um, that's a good one. Yeah, like what mattered to me in those moments because I was just searching for other people to tell me I was doing a, mm-hmm. a good job because it aligned to their expectations. Mm. That's Wild. Yeah, and I think that's that's when you just roll through life and I call it like a passive participant in your own life, like – you're just living this life, but it's not like your life that you really mm. want to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? And ever since I took control of my life and was like, nope, this is not working clearly. I'm in my bed. I can't get out of here. I feel depressed. Everything seems to be getting worse and worse. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I need to do something, mm. you know? I'm so glad to talk it. about this. I know. We've got another. <laughs> we've already talked about that, but that's no. just, I love how this is flowing. And I think. Um, it's again proof to me just then actually the way this flows of how much if you connect to your heart you can speak even in these podcasts and things like this more confidently mm-hmm. and get your message across to people that may need to hear it. You know, before I, I went on other people's podcasts or like lives and I would get so nervous but now I just, I don't know, I believe in myself more. I believe mm-hmm. in where I'm going so even that is powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a reflection I just had randomly. And I think it's great that it came up now, though, because even today I've just been reflecting. And I think it's so important that when we're in these states of flow and life feels fucking magical and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my gosh, this is happening and this is happening. And me, myself, like I pretty much only share it with you because I know that we both share the same level of like, oh, my God. I don't share it with other people because they don't they – don't, they're not kind of in that zone. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah that's cool. I'm like, no, like, you don't understand. <laughs> and there's me just losing my shit in capital letters <laughs> with exclamation marks and screaming into voice notes. <laughs> I Literally. just get so excited about shit. Yes. And I, I think I actually trained myself, not trained myself, but like I've really been intentional with that too. Yeah. Like I remember during COVID I was so burnt out and lost that like, I started to just be like, right, I need some excitement. I realized I was missing like adventure, connection, ma- mainly those two things, adventure and connection. And I was like, Ugh. so I just started like recording things, like um, turned my balcony on to a beach club and then like pretended I was at a beach club. Then I turned my lounge room or whatever into like an Italian restaurant and then I would go to the beach every morning and jump in the ocean and just pretend I was in holiday. Like I almost had to trick my brain to get through those times. And I think that's when I start to flip my mindset and realize how powerful your thoughts mm. are, you know? And I think that's where it began. I don't know where I was going with that. What did you say no, before that? I, I was going to say that 
I think that it's really important for people mm. to know that you and I have both been through like pits of hell and mm-hmm. dark days. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even like through times they can reappear. Totally. And I used to listen to people like living their best life and I used to get a bit angry and I'd get so jealous and I'd be like, cool. Yeah. Like, let me just go back to my desk now and eat, <laughs> eat my apple and my salad <laughs> and love yeah. how I'm feeling. And you're the exact manifestation of going out there, following your dreams, your heart, what comes to you, knowing that it might not be the traditional pathway, but knowing that. Mm. It doesn't matter. Mm. And the way that you live your life, it just like shows. I mean, there's so much to talk about mm. with your retreat business. Yeah, and I know. Like, <laughs> let's I just... think I remember where I was going with that last comment to yeah. wrap that up though was that I basically, when you say I get excited about things and you're the only person you really reach out to because you know I'm going to like get just as excited about it was that, yeah, I, I didn't used to get this excited about it. I did, I always had a level of excitement about yeah. me and joy and it was all inside me, but at times in my life it got very squished down mm. by situations I was in that were unaligned and on a range of things that might come up today in this podcast. But I was very like, yeah, my sparkle was dulled, but I, I, I started to seek these moments to turn that around and that started during COVID as the things I was just mentioning mm. and then now – just those little bit by little bit by little bit, I just do that more and more. And now it's just like bringing out my true brightness and, and excitement for life. And I believe, as I say to you guys always, that like life is a miracle mm-hmm. and we need to start living it that way and that we should get excited about even the simplest of things mm-hmm. because what is the point otherwise? Literally. Like, what is – I don't get and I can't quite <laughs> fathom now that I'm at this point. Like what is the point if we're not getting excited about – Every little beautiful thing that occurs, literally. 100%. 100%. Like we're, not he- we're not here. I read this thing yesterday on someone's post that we live, we're lucky to live 4,000 weeks. 4,000 weeks. Wow. There's I know that's a lot time. of weeks, but it's not really a lot of weeks. No, that's when not I read that, that I was just like, <laughs> even more I'm starting, going to start living my best yeah. life and celebrating. And, and to celebrate with others and get excited with others. And I don't know, I just I love seeing people succeed and do things that light mm. them up because that then ins- you've inspired me here. You know, I wanted to start a podcast for a long time and I haven't. So I may have inspired you, but you've also inspired me. And I think that's how community works, you know. Mm. That's that's the, the, the ripple effect. So why wouldn't we all get excited together? There should be no other way. Everyone should be cheering each other on as Absolutely. far as I'm concerned. And it doesn't happen though. No. And I think that that speaks to the community that mm. you've built as well. Mm. Like you've built mm-hmm. this community that is literally grounded in showing up as you are authentically. It doesn't matter if you're happy, if you're sad, if you're anywhere in between the spectrum. And it's being there and being vulnerable and having people just accept mm. as you are and mm. share these moments. It's just like the the friends that I've made through Mindset Adventure and it's all from this idea that you created, that you had, that you went with. And now it's, it's wild, changing isn't lives. It? Yeah. That's, again... That really like spoke to me then back. Mm. You're reflecting back to me like, and it's it's again going back to following your heart. If mm. I never connected back to my heart, back to what matters to me and learned more about myself, I wouldn't have done that and, and created, you know, started running meditation for four of my friends on the beach. The meditation came to me. The idea of the mindset adventure meditation, because it's a bit of a different form 
of meditation. Yeah. It's like meditation, reflection, intention setting yeah. with some funky music because I love music. So I kind of made it up. Yeah. Um, and, but it came to me in one of my meditations when I was laying, woke up in the morning in Byron. And so that, that wouldn't have come to me if I wasn't connecting back to myself daily and doing mm. my meditation. That's why I think morning routines and these things are so important. Mm. And then, yeah, it evolved to what it is. And you just reflected back to me about how cool that is that people come to that space and feel confident to come as they are mm. and express however they're feeling. And some people are having huge successes and others are really, really, really struggling, but that's mm. okay. Mm. And I guess thank you for reflecting that back to me. I'm, I'm so proud of that community that's mm. being created. And I don't like to say I created it because everybody created it. I was the the catalyst or the person that, that came you, up with the idea and yeah. I, I'm, I, I need to speak to my like speak into and be proud of myself yes. about how I do have a real skill of bringing people together and making yes. people feel safe and comfortable yes so I did do it you did but do also it. the people that come and keep showing up create the community so I don't it's, always like to say no. I I did this <laughs> but it's like, like you're, yeah you I can, don't know you can though yeah. because it's your energy as well that mm. like like I know that whenever I'm in your presence, I'm just like, mm. oh, it's just you just have this way of like exuding this energy that's just, it's um, almost like tangible. You can mm. just feel it and then you just mm. like kind of go about life and you're like, life's so cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, that means a lot to me. Yeah. And I do hear that most recently as well over the last few months, people say that to me. Like when I'm in your presence, I feel really good. And that is the biggest compliment. Mm. And I... I'm learning to receive that more and yeah. take it in and and be really proud of that. Mm. Um, I built this level of calmness in my body, you know. I didn't always – I think I always made people feel good, I'm sure, but I never had compliments as frequently as I do now and it's because I've raised my vibration higher by by calming my nervous system and doing all this work and – and learning who I am and now I'm, I am, I think, I was going to say better to be around, mm. but not. Like it's just every, all the work I've done has contributed to this energy that, I, mm. that I'm that i emanating mm. and sitting in. I, it all, we all have it inside of us, but that's, you know, that's what people don't see. I always say to people, we are mirrors. Mm. What you see in me is inside you. If you notice it and you're resonating with it, it's because it's inside you. And so I think, yeah, that it, everybody has this, mm. like everybody has it to a different, everyone's different. Yes. But everybody has this beautiful soul inside and these, these things that are waiting to be brought to life and yeah. to shine on people and to, mm. but unfortunately over time and through society and, and the way the world is like, we've been taught to kind of dim that mm. and, and hide it and not express how we feel and all these things and and that we have roles like you know I was an operations manager for 15 years that was my role and I was a girlfriend and at one point pretty much a stepmom or whatever mm. and then I was a sister and a daughter and all these things but like who was I yeah and I think I was just following whatever I saw around me and just trying to that's what we do it takes us to come back and yeah. bring bring us back to ourselves, mm. bring us back to our souls and connect to the true us, which has been lost through everything. Conditioning. <laughs> Conditioning, yeah. what we see on social media, what yeah. we're constantly, you know, what we're constantly 
putting into our mind mm. through reels, scroll, like everything we've ever done. Te- things teachers have said to us in the past. Everything has conditioned us mm. to the way we are now. The true us is still there, but we need to really work quite hard at reconnecting to that true us. Yeah. And that true us evolves over time. Mm. You know, like me here today is going to be a completely different me in a year from now, two mm. years from now. In fact, three months ago, I've changed so much from the yeah. things I've done. So I think also like, yeah, you're searching for your, to connect back to yourself and searching for your purpose. But I, that's always going to keep evolving. Yeah. So yeah. we're not actually searching for an end point. Mm. We're like, just we just need to be on the journey and committed to these simple things, I believe, like morning routines and making sure we're careful of our energy exchange, making sure that we set boundaries, all these quite hard but simple things. Mm. Um, if we can just keep on that journey and know that this is the journey, this is the adventure, and it's going to go like this constantly and we are going to ever evolve, but we're committed to it, you know? Yeah. That's absolutely. That's the. And I think as well, like I often have this narrative in my head and I hear it so often. And it's this voice that goes, if I could tell you right now the recipe to change your life and you know on the other side, like it works and it changes things for you, I'm going to give you that recipe. It's breath work, meditation, ocean dips, community, following your heart being courageous, taking leaps of faith, even when it feels scary, would you do it? And it's this narrative that comes through. And sometimes I go, no, fuck off. (laughs) I don't want to get in the cold today. I don't want to do that. But it's like that is proven to work Mm -hmm. time and time again for people. It's proven pretty much scientifically at this point, visualize positive visualization, mm-hmm. meditation, the way it changes your brain chemistry. And people go, oh, it's, it's hard though. Like my thoughts don't stop. And it's like, of course, it's, it is hard work, but it's like genuinely the thing that changes your life. Mm-hmm. And I just feel so strongly connected to the fact that people choose not to do it. And it just makes me want to do it even more to like show people that it works. Totally. Totally. You, you said that so beautifully. You say everything so beautifully, seriously. <laughs> so do you. Oh, my Mirrors. goodness. It's, like, <laughs> amazing the way you said, you know, meditation, ice baths, being courageous, taking leaps of faith, all mm. these things like it is. It's hard. Mm. It's so hard. But it also was really hard living the life I was living. Yeah. Let's like, get into it. Yeah, okay. Who, who, <laughs> who, are begin? You? who are you before I met you? <laughs> I before you met me. Where do you want me to begin? That's It's a big question because I could go on forever, but I can try and like sum up. I think go with uh, what's authentic as to what, what your life was. Mm. I mean, we've touched on what it is now and we'll go further into what it is because I know there's so much to it. Mm. But yeah, like in a nutshell, like things that may have led you to a certain circumstance that didn't feel aligned to you. And then, like, moments where you're like, fuck, this needs to change. How am I going to change it? And, like, steps into it. Yeah. I was thinking about this this morning before I came here, actually. And it's like your life is just – when you look back, you're like, whoa. I just know that I – as a child, I grew up, like, with beautiful, beautiful people around me always. Like, 
family, family, friends, friends, everything. But I think I just felt really alone a lot of the time. And I think I had to parent uh, my brother. And I feel like my parents at times. Um, yeah, I come. I came from a divorced family. So my dad and my mom separated when I was young. And uh, yeah, I think I, I won't go into detail about that because that could be a whole nother, you know, episode. But mm. basically... I'm explaining this now because that's where it began, I believe, is me always in survival mode and trying to parent everyone. And I think I've always been, now that I look back, this very empathetic person that picks up on everybody's energy and I know what's going on. And so if someone tells me, no, 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 everything's okay, Elise, this little girl, I know that everything's not okay. So I just never, I always was safe. I felt loved. I felt supported. I still do by everyone in my, I really do, like, my parents, my family, my brother. But um, there was the, the point where I, yeah, I think just intuitively and energetically I took on everybody's emotions and I tried to help everybody. And, um, yeah, so from there I think I just adapted this need or want to always help people and I never really looked at myself or what I needed or what I wanted. It kind of got forgotten about. I forgot about it and I just started to get into relationships as I was growing up with men or boys in high school and men, whatever. And then bit by bit, I've just noticed now that I look back patterns where I, I drank a lot. I partied a lot. I did all these things. I, I worked really hard. I think my measure of success to me was working really hard. I think I saw my dad work quite hard. And he, in my eyes, he's very successful. He's beautiful. He's got a beautiful heart. And, you know, he, he, yeah, I saw him working hard. And I think I saw that as, and, and many other people, not just my dad. Like, mm-hmm. I think I just, that's kind of like a culture as well, working hard. And I, I um, worked in the corporate world for many, many years. And I kind of like got into that through, I studied youth work and, um, I was a youth worker for a little while, but then soon realized I really love children. So primary school children, I started working in holiday programs that were linked to my youth work job at the time. And um, yeah, I was like, I love children so much more than you. (laughs) Not really, but I just really got called to this. So anyway, I started working in these holiday programs and then I got promoted to a manager and then I got promoted again. And anyway, I just worked my way up this ladder and I ended up in the corporate world as an operations manager running holiday programs for a very long time. And I worked in startup organizations and, um, yeah, just helped them grow pretty much to medium-sized businesses. So when you work in startup and they're growing fast, your job is hectic. So when I say that I worked hard because that's what I thought was successful, I think there's an element of that. But I also ended up in this job, that these jobs, and I, you know, I was very good at dealing with people, very good at logistics and organizing. It's like my thing. Um, so yeah, I just worked my way up and I was, I worked very hard and I, I almost probably didn't take enough time to stop and reflect and set into, I never did any of these things. So I was just working, working, working. And that was kind of my identity was like Elise operations manager. And I'm going to keep, you know, getting promoted and help these startups grow. And I'm going to, 
end up being the COO and all of these things. And this all like happened. I kept getting promoted, but I just, through it, I also had relationships and I realized now looking back, I just got attached to, I'm not going to say the first person that liked me, (laughs) but like people that I had somewhat of a connection with or something, I would get attached and I would jump into a relationship with them. And I would stay in these relationships for significant periods of time. Like I'm talking like five years or something. Mm. And they were all part of my journey. And, you know, I believe it all, everything happens for a reason. But I noticed um, a huge misalignment and disconnection from myself. Some of these relationships, one of them in particular, was really, really terrible. Um, Only recently these memories have been coming up actually. So Mm. this is like pretty interesting. I think I blocked that one in particular a lot, but that was quite, this person was, yeah, quite, um, how do I word this? Insecure in himself has obviously also suffered a lot of trauma in his life, I believe. And I think because I'm such an empathetic person, he really took advantage of not meaning to, but did. Um, and was pretty much emotionally and sometimes physically abusing me um, on and off. And I don't, still don't know to this day like how that all happened and how I fell into that and let allowed that to happen to me. I think I just, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to go deep, deep into that. But mm. the point of my journey is I have found myself very disconnected from myself for a range of reasons. And I think it's because I was always too busy rushing around in my corporate job, doing, 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 doing things for my boyfriends, doing things for my family, doing things for my corporate job. I didn't even take a second to think about what does Elise need or want Mm -hmm. or believe in or anything. You know what I mean? I just was Mm -hmm. doing and I think that was came from as a child forever being in survival mode and just caring and helping and that was how how I survived. So what the turning point was, I guess, obviously I ended that really horrible relationship um, but found myself in another relationship pretty quickly, as I did. It was a loop. Um, that was a much, much more beautiful experience, I would say, still with its challenges, definitely, and still not aligned. Now I look back on it, there was paths that were aligned, um, traveling together and doing all these things, really beautiful things, loved eating food and all these, you know. So there was a lot of alignment at the time, but I still saw a pattern of Elise jumping from relationship to relationship to relationship and just busting her ass working in her corporate job. And so to be honest, I probably was working a lot in my corporate job. I didn't have enough time to put into my relationships too. So I'm guessing there's an element of me showing up in relationships. Well, not guessing. Actually, I know. Mm-hmm. There's an element of me not showing up in relationships, one, knowing what I want, two, knowing who I am, and three, contributing to the relationship in a in a way that will foster beautiful mm. moments and, and growth in the relationship. Mm. So I was disconnected too. So I think this is just part of part of the journey, but... I found myself during COVID um, in my corporate job, it got really, really, really busy, like bonkers. And I, because it was COVID, I was so grateful to have a job. You know, I loved the part where I could see people grow, which is what I'm linking to now what I do. 
And I loved coming up with systems and processes and efficiencies and things to and building because it was a startup and we were constantly changing what we were doing. I was constantly challenged and constantly building new things and seeing it come to fruition. There was a lot of celebration in there and I loved it. Um, but I was working way too much and I literally burnt out. I think I'd like probably triple burnout or something maybe because I, I think I burnt out but didn't stop. Anyway, at that time I was in a relationship with my last boyfriend um, and, yeah, it was also there was a lot going on in that relationship too and it was it was just not aligned anymore. So I had to like – I was in this corporate job working my ass off and I was pretty much offered my dream position and then I'm in this relationship – the communication's not working and it's not aligned. And then it's COVID, so I don't have any outlet of community or anything. Mm. And I just found myself getting more and more burnt out, depressed, and, like, just so lost, like more lost than I've ever been in my life. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And I couldn't get out of my bed. Like, it was literally like my whole body was dead. Like, my mind was all clouded. Like, everything was just heavy and life was so hard and I was partying, drinking and going out way too much because it was the only outlet of fun I had during COVID. Obviously, I wasn't, but, like, we even found ways to party during COVID in our homes on Zoom and things mm. like that. So, mm. like, I still was drinking a lot. The only adventure I'd go on was to the bottle shop and just buy more and more wine and more expensive wine because I had nothing else to spend my money on. And I just found out that wine shop closed down the other day and I was shattered. I was like, that place saved my soul in going through COVID. <laughs> like, I loved going to that wine shop. I don't drink at the moment. I haven't drank for nine months, I think. But I do love, like, fine wines and nice beers and good cocktails and things like that. So at that time, that was my biggest adventure was going to the bottle shop. Um, but it it was a problem, I would say, drinking too much. Mm. You know, the, the culture in Melbourne is just the party drinking whatever culture is huge huge it's like and during covid yeah it's a, it is and although i would only do it on the weekends mm. kind of but yeah. sometimes into the week um like it i and everyone else was doing it, i didn't really think it was a problem but mm. looking back like yeah i was definitely escaping my relationship and my corporate job because mm. i didn't i wasn't just going out to someone's birthday i was like seeking party but I was like no no I love dancing I love music I love all these things I don't know this is just my life but mm. like nah I was definitely escaping and I think doing that just takes you further away from your soul and mm. your heart you know um if you're already quite unaligned with other things in your life so mm. basically I was very depressed and very lost I didn't believe in myself I didn't know what to do I was like what the fuck like I've just worked I'd say 15 years in my corporate jobs like yeah climbing ladders and now there's a position there I don't want it like this is my relationship of six years I don't want I don't know if I want that that's all linked to every friend that I know how do I e exit that like what so my whole world is you know that's my world yeah and then there's obviously other things happening in always in life with family mm. and friends and other things as well. But, like, these are two core things. And yeah. this person, my boyfriend, lives in my home. Like, we built a life together. We travelled mm. the world together. 
you know, and this job, I basically helped them build that company, yeah. literally, because we started as a startup. And what we did during COVID was exceptional, like running holiday programs online for uh, primary school children. So to help parents with their kids during COVID, because these parents are stuck in their homes mm. with their kids, trying to school them, do their job and provide them with fun and adventure. So I was providing the fun and adventurous part. Hey, that's mm. cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was really a, a big, big thing that I was a part of during COVID that I actually am really proud of. I'm mm. um, developing those programs of kids and, and I really felt it was making a huge difference and it went like to the UK and Hong Kong. Like this was big. We were wow. sending um, children's kits over to like overseas and I was I was the one that was managing the whole warehouse, ordering all the stock, packing all these kits and getting them um, sent overseas and to wow. every house in Melbourne and Sydney and Queensland. Like it was, this was a huge operation. Wow. Like it would blow your mind and I, I'd never managed a warehouse before. I didn't know what I was doing. If you saw that first warehouse, you'd be like, what is going on in this joint? Like it was terrible. But over time we developed better systems but still no time to develop really good systems because COVID is just mm. a thing where you just got to improvise and just it just keeps go- you don't have time yeah. like so anyway wow um it was it was a huge success and something i'm really proud of but it nearly killed me literally like and i think in that um i just don't think i had this as enough support probably because working in a startup it's also hard even for startups to have the money to have the right staff. So you're usually doing two jobs or three, you know? Yeah. So, and there was some other things along that, that, you know, I, I wasn't quite working there for me anymore. And I didn't quite feel supported as I probably needed to be during that time. Mm. So, um, I had to make a big decision obviously. And so I first was like, okay, I can't make all these decisions at once. So I ended my relationship, um, which was really, really hard because all our friends were friends. And then I decided to keep working at my corporate job, but just try and find balance. And so that's when I hired a mindset coach because I saw beautiful Katie Valentine. She was is my mindset coach. Um, I've worked with other coaches and mentors for other areas, but she helps me predominantly with my mindset and my life. And she changed my life. Like I met her, I don't know if we met in Melbourne, but anyway, we were traveling in Berlin and I'm pretty sure we met in Berlin and we're at a party and then I started following her Instagram and then I saw her posting some things about meditation and breath and this course she was doing called Metamorphosis. And I was like, message her saying, what is this and can you sign me up to it? And I didn't know anything about wellness in this time. Like I was Mm. just like, I didn't even meditate. Mm. I just worked. (laughs) <laughs> I remember one of my bosses that found the founders of the company I was working at used to say to me, come meditate with me. And I was like, I don't have time to meditate. And I used to get frustrated that like, how do people have time to meditate? <laughs> like I am busting my ass and you guys are just sitting in there with your eyes closed. Like what? This is how not yeah. like I had no idea. Mm. I had done yoga probably and, and the gym and things, but mm. not cold water immersion, not meditation, not anything. Mm. And so I just – some. Something came over me and I was like, I need someone's help because I can't continue this way. Like, even though I've ended my relationship here, like, there's still all of this. Like, there's Mm. so much. It wasn't the relationship. Like, that Mm. was just 
Uh-huh. At one time that was aligned and then it wasn't. And I think sometimes that's what people struggle to realise, like people come in and out of your life for a reason and this mm-hmm. is something I want to start talking about more but I just haven't got to it yet. Um, like on a podcast or on my Instagram is relationships mm. um, because I've been in so many and had such attachment that I've had to let go of. And yeah, I really, I'm really passionate about it actually. I'm really, I, I'm not in a relationship right now. Mm. I'm open to the idea of dating, but I've been in my like shell yeah. or like my maybe almost to the point of hyper independence. So I'm trying to bring that back and drop into my yeah. feminine and explore a little bit, but I'm really passionate about relationships. And I think it is because of how much I've been attached and I think held on to the idea of somebody and spent a lot of my years in unaligned. Mm. They were at one point, sure. They must've been somewhat aligned and and every single one taught me Mm. so much, even the worst relationship I was ever in. You know, I'm grateful for that, to be Mm -hmm. honest. And if someone said to me, would you do that again? Like if you went backwards like, and I said, yeah, I would because it made me who I am today mm. and and I'm able to help other people through that pain, you know, mm. that's that, turn your pain into power. So um, that is kind of where it got to the moment was the I need help and my whole life was just like, so I hired my mindset coach and that's where it all began and I started to, she set me up with a morning routine and she helped me look into my heart, look into my life, set goals, simple goals. like, And, yeah, so much we did together. But that was like the pinnacle moment. Mm-hmm. I think just before I started the first course with her, which was called Metamorphosis, and it had like a coaching element, hypnotherapy element, and an astrology element. So mm-hmm. it actually I did this with like – so she had three healers in the course that you went through the journey with. That just cracked me open. Wow. Like it's, yeah, that course is so powerful. Um, so I got to like get kind of like thrown in with like, I guess, so many different modalities at once. Mm-hmm. And it just really took me to this place where I was like, whoa, I've so lost connection to myself. I don't know when I was last fully, I don't think ever connected mm-hmm. to myself. And so I just, before that, I think just before I started that course, I decided to get in the ocean. Mm-hmm because I saw my um, neighbours and my friend Eliza, she was, they were always getting in the ocean and I hated the cold. I hated, I didn't hate the ocean, I loved it, but I was scared of the ocean because um, one time I got stuck out there. Anyway, that doesn't matter, but I was a bit afraid of the ocean and um, I was definitely did not like the cold. I like mm. my hot showers to the point where it's burning the shit out of my skin, <laughs> you know? So anyway, just before I started the metamorphosis course, I was, something got me intrigued and I was like to my neighbor and to Elisa, why do you guys get in the ocean? Like, what is this? You guys are crazy. Like, and I was just still sleeping in my bed, like depressed, blah, blah. Um, and they started to explain it to me. And then one day I said to one of my friends, I think we should get in the ocean. And this person was Rads and she's an amazing friend to me, like really amazing. She always supports me, always encourages me and just... Yeah, always has my, you know, that friend that always mm-hmm. has your back. And um, she was like, let's do it. And then the night before I went to do it, I was like, messaged her. And I was like, nah, I can't do it. And I made some excuse. But in my head, I was thinking, am I going to go into cardiac arrest? Am I going to die? I started Googling, like, what could go wrong? Is my heart going to stop? Like, all these things. Like, you know, when you, my mind catastrophizes something that you've never done before mm-hmm. to the extreme. 
she was like, come on, Elise. Blah, blah. And I was like, no, nope. so I cancelled. And then the next week she's like, you wanted to do it. I think we should do it. And mm. I was like, yeah, okay. So anyway, a couple of us went down. I think there was four of us. And we all got in. We lasted 30 seconds. But the way I felt after was like, I was like, whoa. Mm. You know, I was petrified. My legs got like pains up. The- anyway, I did that. So that kind of like opened my mind a bit to like, oh, that made me feel feel pretty good. Mm. So then we kept going back and kept going back. Um, and at that time, that's when I started with Katie doing this program. So I think the mix of exactly what I what I share now and teach people is my journey of what I went on, you know. Um, I believe that's what coaching and mentoring is, is sharing your gifts, your tools and your wisdom with others. That's community. That's what when we're in tribes, that's what we used to do is share all our whatever we our knowledge, our gifts, our we helped each other. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where that began. Mm-hmm. And over that time, I just became, I really committed. Mm-hmm. Like my coach always says to me, you are my, the best student I had. You know, you committed. But mm-hmm. I was so like, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to do this and I'm going to listen to what she says. And I'm going to do my morning routine every day and I'm going to do, I'm going to follow my goals and action steps and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like mm-hmm. I want to do this. I need to change my life. Mm. I can't live like this. Mm. And so it was that I really had to show up and commit to myself. And I remember it was close to my birthday and the money for the course to me, even though I had a well-paying corporate job, I was still scared. Like I have carried some debt from a relationship Mm. into something, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, there's a whole debt piece there that um, has really, really slowed me down in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, but taught me the biggest lessons in life. Um, so when I was investing in that, I was like, oh my God, and I felt sick paying for it. And like, I didn't know, but once I did it, I was like, this is your birthday present to yourself and you are going to change your life at least. Like, this mm. is it. Like, you're going to follow this. I didn't really know I was going to change my life, but I was like, I'm going to, you know, something's going to, something's going to change and it needs to change. So I committed and I did it every single day and I kept going in the ocean. In fact, I started to. Um, get other people to come in the ocean with me. And then I just was like, I'm going to try and do a month every day. And then I did another month and then another month. And then, anyway, it turned, I ended up doing, I think it was 220 days straight of cold water immersion. And it first started with 100 days in the ocean. And then I added ice baths, which was a whole new level of like, mm. um, whole new level of wow, wow. Like ice baths changed my life mm. as well. Um, and when I started ice bars, I met the amazing Lars and he got me into my first ice bath. How that came about is even more amazing. That was again, once I started to do this work and, and meditate and breathe and set goals and action steps and keep myself accountable, I was able to hear myself more, my heart more, my soul more. And I was able to start to vibrate at a different frequency, I would say. That's how I like to say it. I see everything as a frequency. And then I started to see different people come into my life. And I was like, who are these people? And it was like, for example, Lars, the wonderful Lars. Like he, I met his friend Brad, amazing Brad, um, at a dinner party. And then he told me about ice bars and then he introed me and then I went. So all these things just started to piece together. And I started to meet these people that I was like, wow, like, cool. Look what happens when you... When you do this, the people you attract into your life 
and mm. and what you can learn and how you can grow. So um, ice bars was a huge thing that changed me. Mm. So um, and through that, then I took my friend to Lars to do an ice bath, Monica, and then she was she used to be my housemate actually, and she was like, "Do you want to do breath work tomorrow?" And I was like, "What's breath? <laughs> like I'd done breath work with Lars before um, mm. an ice bath." She was like a three-hour breathwork session online um, with this um, awakened breathwork who uh, now they live in LA. Um, a couple. Um, this was this was the pinnacle moment of cracking Elise really, really open. Yeah, like so. I just said yes that day. I was like, all right, because I just started saying yes to more things. Because mm. once you do one little thing. And you prove to yourself that mm. I can shop for myself every morning and do my morning routine. Then I can get in the ocean. I can do an ice bath. And you're like, okay. So this is that, what I was saying at the beginning of this is building your inner belief system. Mm. It starts so simple. Like all I needed to do was wake up and listen to a guided meditation, do some breathing and dance around my room. First of all, that's mm. it. And I just did that every day. And that that simple thing just changed. Now I, I share morning routines with my clients. I've changed this morning routine over time and adapted it to what works for me and what I believe and intention setting is a part of it and things like that because mm. I find that intention setting is is everything. Um, but, yeah, that moment was like I just was like, yeah, okay, I'll do three-hour breath work tomorrow. I was like, do I have to lay there and breathe for three hours? Like, what is this? And But I was like, I'll do it. So we did it and – Man, mm. that session, I can't, I still to this day can't explain what that did to me and how that opened my mind and my life and my, and how much I understood about my life. Like, it's like, it took me through my whole life in this breath work and I saw every moment and what eat the challenges and what they taught me and why they happened and I released them and screamed and let go of my attachment and like I was just like it was wild I was sweating I was screaming I was you know like and the way that it it was like a journey of my life in front of my eyes but it was so powerful and I just man. people say to me what is breath work what's mm. a breath work journey what's what's the breath that you do and I'm like I can't tell you that Mm-hmm. you just you just have to go and you probably have to go more than once mm-hmm. because I've had it probably took my third session mm-hmm. for me to actually feel trusting to get into yeah. a state for it to be able to release like the releases I get mm-hmm. in these breathwork journeys what appears obviously you're going past the first state of consciousness so you're able to get into different brain waves and you know you're able you're in a safe space to go into other realms and like it's just it's life-changing you're right every breathwork journey is so different Mm. and I was just like somehow that first one I ever did I was in it was online and I felt very safe Mm. and the journaling we did before it was a very detailed journaling about our life like it was huge and then the way we were breathing, it just, it was unbelievable. But yes, you're right. I think it it happens differently for everybody. And mm-hmm. sometimes I've laid there and all I've done is kick my legs a little bit and release some energy. Mm-hmm. Other times I've been screaming into a pillow where I felt like I've dissipated and I, I vanished mm-hmm. off the face of the earth and it was the best feeling in the world. Not that I vanished off the face of the earth, but like I felt so blissful. Yeah. 
other times I've connected to spirit guides and all, all kinds of things like the visuals I've had mm. recently as well is next level and the messages I've received. So there's, it, but I think this comes back to like how, how many times you yeah. maybe not actually, no, it doesn't not how many times you've done it, but like how connected you are to yourself. Maybe what I was going to say, and how is, safe you feel in the space. There's yeah. so many contributing factors is yes. I think what I'm trying to say. And, and if like I say to people, if you're going to prove to yourself it doesn't work, it's not going to work. No. If you're going with the intention to feel like you want to be seeing visuals, it's mm. not going to work. Mm. Like you actually oh, just have oh, to yeah. go and be like, I'm open to whatever this experience is. I'm open-minded to what happens. I, I can hear that it works for people, so I'm just going to experiment. But mm. people go being like, I didn't see anything. And it's like, were you thinking? Were you mm. breathing? Were you doing it? Were you con- like how? What happened mm. in your day? Like, and it's like people ask me what What are the styles of breaths and how does it work? Can you show me an example of the breath? I'm like, I can show you an example mm. of the breath, but that's not going to give you the breathwork experience of going to a journey. Totally. And again, it changes every time you go. So I think you just have to go in and be open to whatever mm. may come up, and it needs to be in a safe environment with people you feel safe with. Yes. Um, it is not scary. It is actually magical. And you can mm. feel so light when you leave, obviously. But every time is going to be different. I've had times where I'm sitting there and I'm judging myself. Mm. And I'm like, why are they crying and I'm not? Yes. Or why am I not breathing? At least you're not breathing properly. And then yeah. I've in that moment I've learned, hey, Elise, this is what you do in everyday life. You compare yourself to the person next to you. How about you stop doing that? So mm. already I'm getting lessons. Mm. I'm not really in the breath work where I'm purging out things, but I'm still learning. So I'm like, mm. okay, now I'm just going with an open mind and I'm curious to whatever will come. Mm. I set an intention. Maybe it won't be met. Maybe it will. And just, just knowing that I'm in that room breathing is so good for me. Mm. That's it. And I think mm. if you can just go in with that. Anyway, I could go about, on about breath work for a long time, but that was the moment that, again, there was so, so there was quite a few moments that mm. led me to this and – I then decided to um, keep working with my coach because I realized this is what I'm meant to be doing. And I said to her, I've been coaching people my whole life in my corporate jobs. I love culture and building teams and doing all these things. Like, And I wanted to study psychology, but I never actually quite got there because I did youth work and then I went into the corporate world. So I never went on that. Mm. I was like, and I did a counseling course a long time ago. Um, so I always wanted to do something like this, but I went on that little journey mm-hmm. and then I came back and I was like, oh, I'm meant to be coaching people. Mm-hmm. And so I did another course with Katie, um, where she really helped me bring my Instagram page to life at the time. It was called Elise Eats Life. And all I did was post things that me eating life, in other words, fucking living my best life, trying to just, trying to mindset hack anything in my life I could to bring joy to people. Mm-hmm because they loved it when I did that during COVID with the beach club and stuff. So it just like started as a kind of joke, but not a joke. Mm. It was me really trying to bring, bring adventure and fun and connection and, and my wisdom that I'd learned in that short time, Mm. um, well, my whole life, but that short time to the world. Mm. And so I launched that. And then, um, soon after I just kept sharing whatever I was sharing and then coaching people on the side of my corporate job. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, this corporate job is not good for me. Like mm. I'm still in this between two worlds. Yeah. And I was like, 
I have to let this go. Mm. Um, I got offered to move to Byron Bay and it had always been a dream of mine to live in Byron. Um, and my friends got me a – I told all my friends possible that I always wanted to live in Byron uh, for many years and um, I was running a retreat actually in Byron at the time um, – which ca- this happened through Lars, who I met through mm. the ice baths. Um, him and Brad, who Brad is the one that I met at the dinner party, who mm. introduced me to Lars to do the ice bath. They messaged me when I was on a holiday in Byron. So now I've got to go back before the retreat. They messaged me on a holiday. This is actually a cool story and it mm. leads everything to where we're going. But I was on a holiday with my friend Dana in February in Byron, Lars and Brad called me and said, we'll be in Byron tomorrow. We're going to check out a retreat. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, all right. And then I got there and they're like, the venue was beautiful. The people, and they're like, so are we doing this? And I was like, what, what do you mean? They're like, well, we're doing this. I was like, me? What do you mean? They're like, yeah, of course. Like, that's why we brought you here. I was like, oh, I thought you just wanted my opinion, you know? Anyway, I was like, okay, yes. Like, this is the moment that I'd already proved to myself all these things. And I started to see why everything was fitting together. And I was like, Okay, so we launched a retreat, pretty much sold it out, I think with like 18 or 20 people. Mm-hmm. And I ran this retreat with Lars and Brad in Byron a few months later. And when I was in Byron running that retreat, I still had my corporate job at the time. Um, my friend who lives in Byron, Dasha, she messaged me saying, hey, you're moving to Byron. And but this stage I'd forgotten about moving to Byron. I was mm-hmm. just there on a holiday and I was living my life in Melbourne. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, I found you a house. And I was like, what do you mean? I was flying into Byron to run the retreat on, sorry, mm-hmm. on the day that she messaged me. Wow. And I said, when I finish the retreat, I'm coming straight to you and you can introduce me to this person. So I did. I ran this retreat. I left and I drove straight to this person's house who lived across the road from Dasha and they had this beautiful Balinese villa. Um, in the back of their house. Yeah, this is wild. And um, I always wanted to live in Bali, Byron and Amsterdam. They were the three places I was like, I could live here and one day I, I, I think I will. But I couldn't, I didn't want to move to Bali yet or live in Bali for a bit because I had my beautiful dog, Mia. Mm. Um, this story is actually probably going to take us to lead us to her. But um, yeah. I always wanted to live in Bali for a bit or overseas, but I never wanted to take Mia on a plane. Um, She was like my child. She came everywhere with me. She was at every single corporate job. Like she sat on the chair next to me. Everyone knew her name. When people came in for interviews, she was up next to them, introducing herself to them. People, she was like an icon of all my jobs, of Chapel Street, of like all our friends. Like she was, everyone was like, that dog is a human. And I believe she had the most beautiful soul. And she came into my life um, when I was in the probably the worst unaligned relationship that I was in. So at that time, I believe she came into my life when I really, really needed it. Um, and she changed my life, that dog, for sure. Like she helped me through all of these things. Um, I might cry soon. <laughs> but, yeah, the, I got offered the Balinese villa in Byron. And it was a house-sitting gig for two months Why this couple went to Greece. And so I was like, okay, Elise, you've got to do this. Like this is – it's just not just given to you for no reason, you know. And at the time they didn't want a dog in the villa. 
So I had to make a decision. Do I go? Do I stay in Melbourne? It's only two months. In my mind, I kind of thought maybe I'll go to Europe, maybe I'll go here. Um, so I decided, no, I will leave Mia for two months because I've always left her, like, when I went overseas. I was travelling. Mm. I love travelling. I always went to, like, Vietnam, Cambodia, like, Europe, all these things. So I'd left her for two months before. So mm. I was like, okay, Elise, this is something you need to do. Like, you have to follow this. And so I was going to work there in my corporate job, but then I decided, no, if you're going to go on this journey, you can't do it while you have this corporate job. So I quit my corporate job. I resigned from like a really, really big role. And so my beautiful friend Shannon looked after Mia. She lived in my room and I packed my car and I put some things at my mum's house and then I I really didn't think, I didn't know if I was going to ever come back on, or not ever, but like for Mm. a I didn't know. I knew I'd come back and get Mia. That was the thing that I knew. After two months, I was like, "There is, I'll either get Mia or I'll move back to Melbourne. So I packed everything in my car and I, I resigned from my corporate job and I went and lived in Byron. I'm telling you, this, I guess, is a good thing to highlight is through this journey, you need to take huge risks. Through this journey, you need to really push into, push through fear. Like, you know how scary that was? I'd never lived in another state or suburb or had mm. lived in another suburb, but not another state or another country. And I was leaving my child pretty much, my dog who I yeah. love with all my heart, and she was my arm. I mm. never went anywhere without her really. And I quit my corporate job and I moved to Byron. Even just saying that out loud to you is like, yeah. what the hell, Elise? I was re-identifying myself all through mm. that when I broke up with that last boyfriend. And, um, yeah, so... I lived in this beautiful Balinese villa. It was like I was in a movie, Mm. literally. I could hear the waves crashing. It was unbelievable. And in this time, I had a part-time job that got me out the door Mm. and I was still coaching, obviously. So I was part-time coaching, part-time online job that I could do from the villa. Mm. Um, I saw my darkest days in that villa and the brightest days, you know, when you move away to another place, like I really had to meet myself where I was at and really Mm. learn how to be alone, how to, I was away from Mia. I no longer had a boyfriend. I no longer had a corporate job. All my friends and family were in Melbourne, except for like maybe a couple of friends that I knew in Byron. Um, So yeah, it taught me so much. I think living somewhere else is so powerful and so transformative. Mm. Um, But why I'm getting to this part, it's nearly the to where I am today is basically I was flying back and forward to Melbourne to run events at the time with Kate and Lars at the ice bath because I was like, can I help you with events? Like, And I was running like a few little meditations at the start, but I was really scared. I was like reading it off a script and like I'd write it down and then I was so nervous and all these things, but I just knew that I wanted to like coach people in the ice more because I realised I really love coaching people through the ice bath. And I saw what it did to their life and their 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 face when they get from that fear jumping in the ice to that confidence coming out. Like I saw the it just lit me up. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I wanna help you and let's run events together. So I was flying back and forward from Byron to Melbourne and I was just slowly running some events and I was like, we were selling them out and it, it was it felt good to bring people together. Um and then I was only meant to be in Byron for two months, 
But when the couple came back, they were like, Elise, you can't leave. I was like, what do you mean? Like, we love you. Like, you can't leave. And I was like, well, I ha I'm leaving because my dog is in Melbourne and I will not leave her for another second longer. I can't. And they were like, bring her. We'll build her a gate. So they built a gate for Mia and I bought Mia to um, Byron Bay. I drove, drove all the way back, picked her up, and we did this amazing road trip together all the way back up to Byron. And it was unbelievable. And I'd always envisage taking her in like a van or like a combi van or whatever because I just love being on the road. Like I love mm. driving. I love being free. I love being on scooters in Bali. I love adventure. Like I just love. I just feel like you're me. Like, <laughs> off, like just <laughs> same but different. story going way too long. I didn't no. know I'd go down this path so far. It. But I yeah. guess it connects to, to where yeah. I am now. And yeah. um, I just love that that freedom and driving to Byron and back. I just loved it. People are like, how are you doing this? I'm like, I love it. And especially when I had Mia next to me, it was like a dream come true. And all these things happened, I believe, back to what I'm saying at the beginning, is because I kept pushing through, building my inner belief system, connecting to my heart, pushing through loneliness, pushing through fear, pushing through like Byron Bay is one of the most expensive places to live in Australia. Like the Woolworths is apparently the most expensive Woolworths in Australia. Like wow. why did I move to somewhere <laughs> that's so expensive? <laughs> After like quitting my corporate job and trying to start my own business, like, whoa. So I love it. sometimes I was eating porridge and Mia was eating like the top grade food. And my mom's like, are you eating porridge again? And Mia's eating fine grade food. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Next week I'll be all right. So there was like heaps yeah. of financial fear, um, which, and that lack mindset kicks in hardcore and being so far away, even though it's not that far, it's two hour flight mm -hmm. or a 18 hour drive. Like it's far yeah. when you're so far out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like I'm talking hectically out of your comfort zone. Totally. I don't even have a proper job. Yeah. I don't even know how to run a, my business. I know how to run other people's businesses apparently, but not my own. <laughs> and, you know, it's totally yeah. a different ball game. And so I'm in this villa. I don't know many people. I'm constantly meeting new people, which is a whole thing in itself yeah. in another state. Anyway. So Mia and I had a road trip. We ended up there and I got her on my favourite beach and just remember being like, whoa. And I remember that night actually I was like, on, I, I wanted to get her to that beach for as long as I can remember. I love that beach. I was envisaged just there. And um, I was thinking, should I go for margaritas or should I read my book tonight? Should I go for margaritas or should I read my book tonight? And I had to bring myself back because of all the things I've been doing about intention setting, reflection and what I teach my clients. Um and to be in the present moment is a thing that I really practice, really, really, really important to me because I believe if we're living too far in the past, too far in the future, you just end up lost and anxious and overcomplicated. Like we need to live in the now. Like mm -hmm. right now the fact that we're sitting in this podcast studio is a miracle moment and mm -hmm. it's freaking beautiful and I cherish it. And I make sure I bring myself back to that as often as I can. It's not always easy. Mm. But in that moment, I remember specifically bringing myself back to that beach and being like, Elise, you have dreamt of this for so long. You are here with your dog on your favourite beach. Don't worry about the margarita. Don't worry about the book. You decide that when you get home. You enjoy this moment. And I can't tell you how happy I am that I did that. Because obviously not long after... We'd, I think Mia and I had spent one month together or two months maybe um, in Byron. I flew back to Melbourne in November to run five days of events with Kate and Lars and it was unbelievable. Like I was like, oh, my God, we're running 
I think we ran three events over five days, which was just like, for me at that time, I was like, whoa, this is so cool. And I think we had 10 in each. So we sold Mm -hmm. each one out. And so this was like really, really exciting to me. And I was at like my optimum, like, oh, this is what, this is what makes me tick running Mm -hmm. events and bringing people together. So Mm -hmm. I flew back. I spent five days That five days was so crazy and turbulent, like Everything went wrong in that five days. Like I'm talking, not in the events. The events were fine, but in my life, like my phone died. And then I was trying to run events with no phone. And then I tried to get it fixed, but they didn't fix it properly. And then I can't even remember, but I just remember thinking it was like a dark time. Mm. And I was also helping my friend um, co-facilitate a breathwork session. Mm. So I would, I often helped different people for co-facilitate because I really love breathwork and I love holding space in that. And that was building my confidence mm. um and i i had this vision at the end of this breathwork session so i wasn't in the breathwork session i sat down at the end to listen to the sound healing at the end just for a minute and i don't usually do that because i'm holding space I usually, but i was like this music is so beautiful i'm going to sit down and as i sat down i got this vision and it was something was wrong with mia mm. i know and i didn't think too much into it i was just like no 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 that's just you know don't worry, you think that's something I always worried about her. And I was like, no, no, no. But it was very clear vision. I remember the the face and the vision that happened anyway. It's crazy. I flew back to, I ran one more event the next day and then I flew back to Byron and I got there and Mia was really happy to see me and I was so happy to see her. I have a video of it and, yeah, um, not long after she passed away, 20 minutes later of a heart attack. I know. And that was like, that obviously was like so traumatic for me and it broke me into a million pieces. Like it broke me. I didn't know what to do. Like I was like, what do you even do? Like you're in disbelief. You don't believe. You just like, what do you mean? Like I thought she would live to 12 years old because she was like this healthy bulldog that ate premium grade mints and all this or food and everyone was like she's the healthiest bulldog I've ever seen blah blah but she was nine years old and she must have had something going on with her heart and you never know what's going on in older bulldogs but she passed away in that beautiful Balinese villa with me in Byron and that whole how she came into my life in the, one of the hardest times in my life in that relationship that was very very I'm gonna say turbulent but that's not even a name to how she left my life when I was in the best place I've ever been, I would say, like running these events and doing these things and how she waited for me to come back is just, (laughs) I still can't quite comprehend it. But the reason I am explaining this is it's it's a pivotal moment, I think, where, again, I was reminded of how precious life is, first and foremost. So what I said, how on the beach I brought myself back to that present moment and I enjoyed that moment on the beach. And I did that many, many times, like when I was with her in Byron and everywhere in Melbourne and always I was thinking about these moments and how special they were. And that really, really made such a difference when she left this earth um, because I cherished those moments and I cherished what she taught me and I now keep living through the lessons she taught me and the connection that we had was obviously a really, really special soul connection. Um, 
And yeah, she the last lesson she taught me, which is what I am now bringing into my work in the world in the Mindset Adventure, which I haven't even explained what the Mindset Adventure is, <laughs> but basically is that life is fleeting. And I saw this with my own eyes that day. You know, something, when that happens to you and you see that 20 minutes period of some, your favorite soul in the whole wide world coming up to you and kissing you and being like, hey, welcome home and like wagging her tail and 20 minutes later taking her last breaths in this world. Like that is how fleeting life is, you know, it can happen. And we're walking around this world and I was doing this, walking around this world thinking that I had forever, wasting so many moments, not wasting, I know it all happened for a reason, but I, I, I was taking it for granted a lot of the time. I was over-consuming, overspending, drinking so much and just I wasn't in the moment enough. I was trying to escape the moment because I didn't like my current reality at all. And this is such a powerful message that I want to share with the world and it's the most important message I want to share is is just how precious life is and just how fleeting it is. And so we need to continue to follow our heart, connect back to our heart, find space, if morning routines, all these things to connect to your heart and do the thing. Take the risk. Take a step. It doesn't have to be a big risk. It can be a little one. Just do things to to make, create a healthier mind, create a healthier body and create these precious moments and this fulfillment and balance is what I what I speak about a lot in my work. Fulfillment and balance is the two things I want to try and bring it into my life more because before I was chasing happiness and I think that was pretty empty, mm. you know? So I always connect back to now. I actually got it tattooed on my arm in Bali. Um, it's actually in, an, in Sanskrit on my arm, but Basically, it means impermanence and that everything is fleeting. And I got that to remind myself of Mia and also of that message that I experienced through what I saw when I came back from Melbourne to Byron that last time. And, yeah, I, I, this is now really, really transforming my work at the Mindset Adventure. And it led me back to Melbourne because I realized how much dealing with grief in another state all alone. Now I was really all alone. Like I had friends in Byron definitely. And if I didn't have those friends in Byron, wow, like they helped me tremendously, but they weren't many. And my friends and family in Melbourne are the people that knew me the most and deeply, and they knew me deeply. So trying to grieve in another state without a proper job was becoming quite hard. So I was just very lost. I found myself in another like kind of lost moment, but luckily I had all these tools that I had gained over time and like all these people and all these things. So that time, you know, I, I came, I decided to move back to Melbourne. I'd done five months now in Byron and I was like, okay, my, my time here is, is that's the close. Like I just saw that I needed to return and um, I wanted to be around my family and friends. I wanted to be bring Mia back to her home. Um, it was really important to me to do that. And, yeah, that's how I got back here and started to run more events and create community because that proved to me even more how much my community 
was so important to me, my friends, my family, community. Like I couldn't get through those times, any of these times that I'm talking about without them. And that running those events lit me up so much that I was like, right, this isn't just the mindset adventure isn't just about one-on-one coaching anymore. This is bigger than this. This is about events. This is a community. This is creating impact. Then my mind just started to open and I believe Mia is guiding me, obviously, and, and since then I I don't know, I got this inner power that I can't describe. Like I've, I started to believe in myself more. I was just like so driven to make make a difference and I was like I've done enough suffering, I've gone through enough shit and I want to spread this and I'm, I'm sick of thinking about what people think of me. You know, what are they going to think of Elise as a coach? What are they going to think of Elise's sharing about her grief on Instagram? Or what is she going to think? What are they going to think about me not being in a corporate job? Like whatever. I was just like, I'm so sick of everyone's judgment, but I don't even think they're judging me. It's mm-hmm. my judgment on myself. And I'm thinking that they're judging me, but mm-hmm. they're not really judging me. But and no I was one actually like, gives a fuck. <laughs> literally. So I just had this inner power to start running events. Mm-hmm. And that's when I moved back here. I didn't have a home here for a bit. I did, but there were people in my room and I was like, can't just, you know, move everyone away because Elise is back all of a mm-hmm. sudden. So I had to like go through quite a transition to get back here and sleep on people's in beds and couches and things just to transition back here. Um, I got my beautiful job at Recovery Lab, which is so aligned to what I do now. It changed everything for me, that job. It's coaching people through ice bars, putting people in saunas, helping people with compression boots. Everyone that walks in there is happy and mindful um, in some way and running marathons or just wanting to do some meditation because we've got meditation. So that job really aligns with my business and it, it gave me some something because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't just grieving and transitioning. I couldn't run my business because how do I coach people when I can't even show mm-hmm. up for myself in mm-hmm. that moment? I was too, I didn't have a home. I didn't have my beautiful child dog anymore. Like I didn't, so again, I faced this another like, and I was like, okay, um, I need a, I need to get a, a job that's not this online job because that's too much like my corporate job and I just feel like I'm going around in circles. When I talk about all this sadness and grief and challenges, yes, they're there always and they never will not be. I know that. But the magic that's happening and coexisting at the same time is unbelievable and it's my ability to continue to connect back no matter what through this time I was still always doing my meditation in the morning always doing my breath always doing my journaling jumping in ice bars when I was in Byron I was jumping in the ice every day I was breathing with my friend Alex that does my one-on-one breath work just so happens he was in Byron at the same time as me so we breathed every morning together like just all these amazing things you know so while I talk about my journey I think it's important to know where someone's been Mm to where they are because someone said to me the other day like oh Lise you're just blessed or like you're just amazing or you're just you're just like no No. like I built this Mm. and I connected back to myself and I've pushed through so much hurt so much pain so much grief so much change to get here and it is magical Mm. like it is so 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 magical the way my life is right now there's still challenges always and but the magic that's happening at the same time and these kind of like you know they they're not as like yeah yeah they're kind of like this now you know what I mean (laughs) totally so it's it's like and I know how to deal with it and what to do like this morning I do an ice bath 
with you yeah. before we do the podcast so then I'm at, in, at my optimal yeah. game. You know, I breathe, I, I have conversations with people, I speak my truth more, I set boundaries, I do all these things constantly. Sometimes I'm like, get me off. I don't want to be out of my comfort zone anymore for a second, just one second. But no. I'm keeping on pushing out of my yeah. comfort zone. And I think that without these practices that now I, I guess, teach and guide people through in the Mindset Adventure through one-on-one coaching, through my new group program that you're in, and then obviously the weekly events. So mm. I run weekly community events, the Mindset Adventure with breath work and meditation, intention setting, reflection and ocean dips, just a beautiful place for people to come and um, retreats now as well. But yeah, basically I just did a lot of talking, but that is like the journey to here, to this moment of growing my business, the mindset adventure and doing something that I believe is creating a big impact on people's lives. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's only evolving every day and, and I see it transpiring and I'm just like wow yes how did I get here because you've gone through that whole hardship and like the hardest part of starting it and now it's just going to keep evolving 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 and I remember a couple months ago you were like it's my dream to just like retreats and retreats and then like not even two months later it must have been you had launched your retreat business and it it's just it's wild like I that's the thing. When I started with my mindset coach back when I was in my corporate job, I never even thought about retreats. Mm. Like I ran events for children in my corporate job. So it just didn't occur to me, you know. Mm. I just was like, I'm going to get this mindset coach. Then I'm going to start coaching people. Then it led to events. Now I ran a retreat. We sold out and ran a retreat in Bali mm. a month and a half ago. And it was I don't even I can't even talk about that here because it's there's no words mm. to express what happened on that retreat and how powerful it was and how seamless it was and how magical, like Caitlin and I didn't really know each other very well. Mm. We'd only met a couple of times. We Neither of us remember the conversation about when we decided to run a Bali retreat. This is how alignment wow. just, you know, we mm. just bumped into each other on the beach one day when I was going to check out the Elwood Sailing Club for the Mindset Adventure events because um, did she give me the details for that? Maybe. I think she gave me the contact details for that. And then we bumped into each other on the beach um, with our beautiful dog Luna and we went and had matcha. And I think mm. that's when we actually talked and then we must have somewhere along the line said we should run something together soon. Mm. But it was literally like just a another one of those wow things. And so mm. I'm going to Bali like two months ago now thinking like, okay, I'm going to go run this retreat in Ubud in Bali with Caitlin, who I don't really know that well. You know what I mean? Like, but I just, mm. something felt right and we both trusted the process. Mm. And Caitlin as well is a coach and mm. um, she runs a breath work, amazing breath work and a range of things she does too. Mm. So our what we do is quite similar but very different. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, neither of us remember how the conversation came about, but all I know is we both must have followed our intuition and at that time it felt so right. We had to push through fear. Mm-hmm. We had to push through uncertainty. We had to launch something that we didn't know if anyone would actually turn up. If three people book, we still need to run it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we just give them their money. I don't know, but, like, it's a huge thing, mm-hmm. like a huge thing, let alone in Australia but, like, overseas. Totally. So the fact that we both did that still blows my mind. But the partnership I've formed with her and the alignment of that relationship is another 
whole thing, like mm. mind-blowing, you know. So I think there's so much that I wouldn't have experienced any of this if I didn't connect back to myself on mm. a regular basis. I didn't keep checking in with myself. I didn't do meditation and breath and ice baths. There's no way, like mm. I know it, no way in the world. Mm. So that's why I strongly believe that these these things are the foundation of change, of change yeah. and growth mm. and not just done once, like done consistently. Mm. And you don't have to do them all every week, but like, you know, I do believe you need to do a morning routine yeah. almost every day. I truly believe that. But yeah. breath work, meditation, ice baths, like not every day, but like can in your <laughs> life somehow, they're the things that hands down changed my life yeah. for sure. And I would not have run a Bali retreat and now we've nearly sold out our next Bali retreat. I know. Like I pretty much by Monday, I don't know if there'll be any spots left, which is just wild. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I hope that my story is proof to people mm. that they can do anything they put their mind to. Yeah. I didn't think I could do any of this when I was in my bed, so depressed, so burnt out in the wrong relationships, not the wrong, just in unaligned relationships, mm. relationships that no longer served me um, and in jobs that no longer served me and mm. that people need to realise that not everything is forever, mm. you know, and people can come and go in your life, jobs can come and go, we need to we need to be adaptive, we need to change and we need to, we need to connect back to ourselves to follow that intuition. Mm. You know? And I think as well, like just connecting into the fact and I can even connect very quickly back into the fear of just like the big black unknown. Mm. It's like you're making a decision and you don't know where it's leading you. And there are very, very uncomfortable feelings that arise. And so much so that you almost want to go back into like, oh, no, actually, I'm good. I'm good in the corporate job. Like it wasn't totally. that bad. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I can get through burnout. Like I'll just mm. go on a quick – like it's like no, like just actually sitting with – the unknown in trust is like the hardest skill. But once you just lean into that, knowing that if you're obviously not just sitting around waiting, like if mm. you're taking conscious action, action. and you're yep. consciously trying to create something for yourself, like the right people and things manifest from that. Totally, totally. And I think it's what you said, aligned action is so important, you know, and I think having, and this is what I do a lot as, I guess there's like, I think there's, I would say there's three parts of my coaching now mm. and it, and my coaching evolves as I evolve. That's, that's how it works. Like mm. I can only take people as far as I've gone myself mm. and I work very intuitively, but the three pillars that I kind of focus on is mindset, life and business now, because obviously I'm running two businesses essentially. Mm. So people coming to me more that are starting their own business, but the life element is important and I think it's that goal setting and the action setting, not just mm. a goal but your action steps. Like um, what are the goals that are aligned to your values and aligned to your heart? Yes, you could have a big goal. To My big goal on my vision board was to own my own retreat. Mm. You know, it still is. But like I didn't start looking at that. Mm. I just started as like improving my life a bit in my mindset myself mm. And then it led to this. So, like, I think everyone needs – well, not everyone, but if you're struggling, if you're finding yourself in this big black hole, as you mentioned, with where everything seems so hard, 
just return back to the basics. Mm. I think people think like this isn't going to work, like it's too simple or it's too, but it's not like it's Mm. literally setting goals today that align with where you're at, not goals that where you're going to be in five years, not goals that your friend is setting, not goals that your parents want you to set. It's like, this is actually a very like therapeutic process and you (laughs) hold a very good space of like listening. The mindset piece is all around meditation and breath and journaling and, and looking at what your values are, setting better boundaries and and really understanding your limiting beliefs and where they come from. And then, and then being kinder to yourself and learning all these tools and skills to foster a better mindset. Then there's the life piece, which is like goals. And what do you really want to do? How do you want your life to feel? How do you want your life to look, but more, more importantly, feel, and then little action steps, you know, and breaking it down. Like sometimes I've worked with clients and like, broken it down in a spreadsheet with them and like really look at the bigger picture, then zoom down and then set budgets with them. All kinds of things I do Mm. to like simplify what can seem very chaotic in your head. Mm. And if I try to think about everything I want to do right now, even today, I will blow up my mind (laughs) and I won't take any action. You know, I I have to get my coaches and mentors to help me. All right, here's all my ideas this week. Help me bring it back Mm. and like what's important and realign me because I don't believe we can do this ourselves. Agree. And I also think that expressing it to the right people is the Mm. most important piece because you can express it to the wrong person. They'll make a comment and it just throws you off your own intuition and your own self-belief and self-trust. And I also think that there was this huge trend of like the law of attraction and manifestation. And like, if you think positively, it'll be. And it's like, there are so many steps into manifesting mm-hmm. and it it can't just be a positive thought that's not going to change the life it's like surround yourself with the right people who feed the right beliefs help understand yourself mm. to rewire your own belief system understand where what is limiting you get the help like there is help mm. out there there are people that have done this and then from there you can look at how manifestation can aid once you're in the right environment to actually be able to manifest i love that that's really good explanation and that's so true Mm. because i think people get thrown off by the word manifestation they're like what Mm. is this woo woo shit Mm. but like it's a thing but it takes exactly what you said mm. i love that there's a lot of elements yeah and that's like anything right Mm. everything has a lot of elements Mm. not just the one thing it's Mm. like a a toolbox of things and Mm. and yeah i think that that alignment piece and making sure you feel comfortable with the person that you're speaking to, your mentor, your coach, even if you are confiding in a friend, like make sure that they are aligned and and Mm. they're supporting you because don't underestimate the power in, as we've seen, having good people around you that are really excited for you, genuinely excited for you Mm. because it can be really damaging to just see all this toxic positivity and the success, you know. And what is success to you may not be success to me and that all, we compare ourselves. So that vulnerability piece is so important and that comes back to even with coaches and mentors and people you're confiding in, mm. you need to be able to be vulnerable mm. and you need to be able to be them to lift you up to and, and be the right person for mm. you. So really feeling into like who's the right person for me to go to to get to that help. Mm. And I believe in like a team, yeah. having a team around you like, I have a mindset coach and I had another have another coach that was helping me more around showing up on video and my messaging and marketing a bit more. Mm. And then 
kinesiologist helping me clear energy and really understand my energy, my astrologist that helps me, oh, my God, like understand myself through an mm. astrological perspective yeah. and um, and helps me clear energy and some meditate. So like and then there's people that have helped obviously taught me how to um, hold space in a breathwork setting and connect to my heart and be intuitive in that setting. So mm. it's like different mentors and different people that have I can see how they've Lars helped me so much, mentored me in ice bath and then coaching people through the ice and teaching me more about, you know, so many people that I have gathered as a Mm. team. And I think that's not just a one person. If someone's telling you they can change your life and fix you, they like, they can't, they just, you know, (laughs) no, and it's just, you have multiple guides Mm. that are sharing their wisdom and their knowledge and tools with you. And then Mm. you gather your own wisdom and knowledge and tools and you share that with others. Mm. And that's just literally like community and the ripple effect, which I love, right? Mm. You're even teaching me now like how you can run a podcast. Like this <laughs> is it. Yeah. This is what we need to tap into more. Yeah. Community and and working, building a team around us, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Like a really, a team that really believe. Like there's, mm. you can feel it. You can feel mm. when there's like a little bit of jealousy or you can feel when people are a bit like, oh, like I'm happy for you, mm-hmm. but like. Also, they're kind of not like totally. they're happy, but yeah. they're also kind of dealing with their own shit. So it's kind of a bit like you can feel. I mean, if I can feel that, I don't yeah, know if I can definitely can. feel it. No, totally. <laughs> and then you Absolutely. have people that are like, I actually want the best for you. Like, I actually want you to be in your best light, whatever that looks like. Mm. And let's let's get you there. Like, what do we need to do for it? Totally. And I think the people that perhaps don't make you feel that way, it's not always that they're not your friend mm. or they're not your the right coach for you or whatever. It's just they're in a different, they're not in alignment at Mm. that time. And Mm. that's not to say they're not in alignment ever. Mm. You know, I've had that that, um, struggle, I guess, and a huge thing, part of this journey I think people struggle with, and I've spoken about it recently and a lot of people have resonated, which is um, friendships and Mm. the transition that as you go on this healing journey or any journey towards building whatever life you want to build, that that transition, mm-hmm. your friendships change. They don't all go away. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get rid of them all or anything mm-hmm. like. But they change, and some people you need to distance yourself from, or it naturally just distance mm-hmm. distances. And then others, you know. And then sometimes there's a distance, but then it comes back around because they're now more in alignment with you, mm-hmm. and you can share. Like that's just a part of it, and that's been a really hard part for me to look at and acknowledge and understand Mm. because I was always that person that like had so many, I still have, I love all my friends. Like they Mm. all add something to my life and have, and some for many, many years. And like, I love them all, but that whole transition, sometimes I feel really alone and I know I'm not. I love that you've just said that only because like people will look at me and be like, you have so many friends, like you have so many people. And sometimes I sit there and I'm like, I am, really feeling very alone right now or lonely i still go through that i do too all the time i did Mm. it two days ago yeah like i was that was a real moment where i was like sitting in and i was like whoa (laughs) i feel so alone right now and i i know that i could call any of i'm talking to my friends my family everyone they Mm. would be on my doorstep in a second they love me they support me i know they have my back like i I know I'm not alone alone, mm. but I feel alone. Mm. And I think that's the, just the transition as well in life of like, and I'm, I feel like 
people listening to this will all be like, yeah, I feel like that too. I feel mm. like there's not one person that doesn't. hundred percent. And it's like we're all on this journey and we're all on different paths mm. and there, there's just that you can have all the all the mentors and all the coaches and all the friends and all the family, but you can still feel really alone. Mm. But I think sitting in that alone is also where the magic happens. You know, I remember as I was speaking to earlier, the Byron when I was living in Byron in that villa, I, f- I felt like sometimes it was like, man, I just wanted to jump out of my own skin. That's how alone I felt because I'd been so used to being in so many relationships and so many, like I'd always have people around me and I'd make bulk plans. Like, I'm talking my calendar was stacked with social activities because I didn't want to sit in my own yes, skin. Same. So when I was sitting in my own skin finally in Byron with no corporate job, which was also my escape, like I that was my purpose, like I had to sit in that, but I feel like that also made me so much stronger mm. and so much more resilient and made me really understand myself more in those times. Mm. And and I built, again, back to that inner belief system, like I built that like, no, I can sit in that and I can mm. get through it. And look what happens on the other side of that. Mm. Look who I attract. Look at the opportunities that come my way, you know. Um, and it's a never-ending journey now. I mean, right now, like in many different ways, like, I feel a little bit alone. I'm taking more risks again. Like I'm now launching, you know, this retreat and doing that and then trying to get my, my coaching still like amazing going. But now I'm launching a group program. Like how does this all fit together? How do I continue to generate an income for myself? Mm. I can't rely on a mm. job paying me. Like I still work at Recovery Lab a couple of days a week because I really, really love it. And I know that that interaction with people mm. is really important to me. I can't just sit in my room on my laptop. Mm-mm. So I've, I've learned that I need variety. Mm. And so I want and a recovery lab is very aligned. I want to keep that and then build this. So how do I do it? So it's just like people might look at my Instagram and like, Oh my God, Elise is getting all these clients. Elise is running retreats. Mm. Elise is this, but like, there's still so much financial stress, mm. so much, like so many hurdles to jump over and so much fear to push through again. It's like, Someone said to me a long time ago, and this resonated about a Mario Kart game. And like, it's like you get to the next level and it's more challenging. Oh, yeah. This is life, mm. right? And I know this is never, ever going to end. Mm. Like, it was, it was challenging in my corporate job too, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I was going. So, like, this is just something that I've accepted now. And I think if we can learn that, practice that acceptance piece of accepting this is life. So, how do I navigate this the best way possible Mm. and when I hit that low I'm going to sit in that and I'm going to accept it for what it is and I'm going to listen to it and be curious about it and then when I get that high I'm going to fucking celebrate and I I celebrate every you know and I get everyone to celebrate wins because and get excited about life Mm. like this is the you know and find a balance there so it just all all hums along yeah you know a bit, bit a bit better and easier and more magic comes in, more opportunities, more impacts created. I think that the vulnerability piece is important so that people at home who are thinking about this understand that even on the journey, even though you take risks, even there's magic, um, you know, at the end of the day, there are always going to be hurdles. But if you're choosing to live in alignment, mm. then it's more magical than the option of survival and chaos totally. and chasing a high outside of yourself definitely i love what you're doing here with this podcast like really it's unbelievable because it's 
it's so important that people know they're not alone mm. and they know that there's help out there and that they can access it. There's communities out there they can access. The Mindset Adventure is one of them, obviously, that anyone is welcome to come weekly. It is pay by donation and I want people to come and feel a part of it. You can lay there and not talk to anyone or you can talk to people. Like it doesn't mm. matter. It's just a, a space for people to come and and be mm. away from the chaos of life because I was in that chaos of life and mm. and I, I didn't step away enough. And it just takes one little morning to step away to reconnect back to yourself that could really start to move the needle on on your mindset, on your mm. on your life, and who knows who you'll meet, who knows what you may discover, and then it just it can just go from there, and it's like a ripple effect, and it can just it can expand so much. But I think this this vulnerability piece is is huge, and um, could probably be a whole nother episode, mm. you know. But sharing your vulnerability enables other people and gives permission to other people to share theirs. Mm. And I think for too long we've been, you know, told not to cry, not to you know, just just to suppress ourselves and our emotions and to just to let it out and is so much easier to to start to move forward and through it rather than try to jump over it. Absolutely. Mm. We could definitely talk about that for a whole other episode. <laughs> Maybe a part two coming. <laughs> Yay! But mm. thank you so much for coming on. Thank I really you, Gabby. appreciate it. And I'm... I will add all of your links and where yeah. people can find you. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Like it was thank an you. absolute pleasure. It was so beautiful to go back over my life mm. and realize how I got here. And that's that reflection piece that I talk about all the time. That yeah. reflection is the key to a meaningful life. So we need to stop and reflect more and we need to set intentions more. Mm. If you set intentions and you reflect, you're going to keep yourself in this balanced and more fulfilled place. And I think that that's so valuable. So you've given me a time today to reflect, stopping and really realizing where where you've come, where you are now, enjoying the journey, enjoying the moment and taking your time. Mm. I'm so proud of you for creating this. And, Thank you know, you. that's exactly you've you've done that, <laughs> you know. Thank you. Really Thank you for it. sharing this podcast with people and I hope whatever I've shared today helps someone and, you know, if they want to discover more, they can check out the Mindset Adventure and just come along to whatever they want. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank mm. you so much. Mm. Thanks, Gabby. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you do like it, please support it in giving it a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe, all the things, notifications on, and it will help me massively.